Welcome to Simply by Grace, a podcast of Grace Life Ministries with founder and director, Dr. Charlie Bing. This podcast and other helpful resources can be found at our website, gracelife.org. Now, here's Dr. Bing. Glad you're here for another Grace story. I think you're going to enjoy our, our guest today, who's going to tell his story about his interesting spiritual journey. I've heard part of it on his YouTube ministry, so I'm a little bit familiar with it, but I haven't, don't know at all. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. He's got a very dynamic ministry, which we will talk about a little bit later. He also uh, conducts a Bible study, I know, with folks. And uh, I met him in person at the Free Grace Alliance Conference in the fall, last fall. He uh, is from Colorado. His name is John McRae. He's married to Kara. He has three boys. Uh, and God is using him in a great way, I think, and uh, especially when it comes to this issue of the gospel of grace. So, John, welcome. Hey, Charlie, good to see you again, man. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> well, good to see you. You've got a lot more presence and experience uh, doing this kind of thing than I do, because you have a, a wonderful ministry that we'll talk about later. Uh, but one of the ministry, one of the uh, broadcasts that you did, uh, YouTube broadcast that you did. I heard you explain a little bit about your search for the truth, but there must be some information we need before that. Like what kind of home were you raised in? What kind of religious upbringing did you have? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I wasn't raised in a church going home or anything like that. And we never really even talked about um, God or Christianity or anything like that. Um, so there wasn't much discussion about it. It wasn't something we took serious. Um, um, at least I, from my end, I could tell. Um, but when I got older, my, my aunt was very, um, very, um, charismatic. Um, she was like a, a charismatic believer. And so she introduced us to the church first time when I was 15 and me and my identical twin brother, we went to that church for about a year, um, actually. And this, this is my first introduction to Christianity. And, um, yeah, it was an interesting church is really, is really charismatic and, and really legalistic as well at the same time. And so, um, for a while, you know, you kind of feel kind of like you fit in, like you belong, like this is the only real church in all of America as, as far as, you know, I was concerned when I was then. But as I got older, uh, I mean, as we stayed there, things started becoming weirder because like I realized that I couldn't keep up with all of the rules that, that you know, they had. Um, I was still doing stuff that they said like real Christians wouldn't do and that sort of thing. And um, eventually, like um, I started noticing weirder and weirder stuff. And they said that if we left the church, we'd be cursed. And so that was all we needed for me and my twin to say, forget this. So we ended up leaving that church at that time. Well, yeah. And then you so, point to a particular time of that you were saved. Was it in that church? Um, yeah, I would, I would probably say, yo, and this is where the, the weird thing comes in. It's like, what exactly did I believe then? You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't, I don't think I had a good conception of grace at least, you know what I mean? But I did mm -hmm. think that Jesus died for my sins, but that was about the extent of it. Everything after that was just legalistic at some point. Yeah. So, which always causes a lot of doubts, right? Problems. With Definitely. Yeah. So you probably had to struggle. Absolutely. With yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, always doubting. Yeah. Always doubting. That's a miserable way to live, isn't it? So did sure that put, <laughs> some kind of search for the right religion? 
Yeah. So um, after that, like when we left the church, I, I want to say that I was more agnostic. Sometimes I felt like I believe that God for sure existed. And other times it was like, there's no way God exists. We're all alone in this empty, big galaxy, you know? And um, then I, I decided to take a philosophy of religion course in college. Um, and so this is where things sort of picked up because even when I was leaving that church, I was like, I wanted to kind of get to know like who God really was, if he existed at all. This is where I started getting more confused. So I really went on a quest to try to say like, what, like, who is God? You know what I mean? And is this even a thing? Like, is God just a force or is there no God? I, I couldn't really part, piece it out. And so I ended up going to college and taking a philosophy of religion class. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I didn't even know what philosophy was. I just like, they, they didn't have any more spots in the world religion class. So I took philosophy of religion and came across a lot of the arguments for God's existence. And this is where we started interacting with them more. And I found myself really convinced by the Kalam cosmological argument. Um, I, I thought it was a sound argument then. It made sense to me because it wasn't presupposing God necessarily, but you can get there by logical deduction. Mm -hmm. And so I... I was convinced by that argument. And then I was like, I believe in God now. And I remember saying that to myself because it was the first time I've had like a sense of really believing in God. I was like, mm -hmm. I believe in God now. And um, so from then I, I was convinced of God's existence, but I didn't know if he existed in any of these religions or not. I was just trying to kind of on a search. And so I started visiting a lot of different churches and hearing what reasons they believe. I would always keep asking people a lot of questions like, why do you believe that your religion is true and other people's isn't? Because in my mind, especially from philosophy, I've learned that you know, like you can't have these things that are mutually exclusive. You can't have something be true in the same uh, two things that contradict be also be true in the same time and in the same sense. So because of that, I was like, well, these these religious views are mutually exclusive. Why do people believe that theirs is true? And um, I would start researching these churches before I would visit them. And um, so I even went to the Church of Scientology, went to Jehovah right. Witness, Mormon, all these different churches. But I eventually came across the evidence for the resurrection. And then that's when I started honing in really on Christianity. And that's when I um, finally was like, okay, yes, okay. So I do believe this. I have reasons to believe this rather than anything else. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So that was the beginning of my search there. Yeah. <clears throat> then there was another search, though, um, which I don't know if you want to get into now, but I can talk about how I came to the free grace message as well. Well, I absolutely do. But uh, so give us a timeline. So you're about how old now when you think that you came to the conviction that there is a God and you felt comfortable with that? You're in college. Yeah. Early 20s. Okay. Yes, I was in college. Yeah. Yeah. So around 20 years old. Yeah. Around yeah, so, 20, 20 or so. So how did your uh, uh, excursion through Christianity begin and where did it take you? Now you can yeah, so I was for grace. Yeah, no, I was I was really heavy into apologetics for a while. So um and for a long time, I mean I still love apologetics, but yeah. really like because I think I was introduced to that church that was not grounded at all, you know what I mean? I, I kind of really pushed back the other way and I was like, I don't want to be deceived, I don't want to be gullible. And so I really pushed heavy on the apologetics, trying to understand it more. And a lot of it was me processing out still, like making my belief more firm you know, and then testing things like what makes sense and, you know, testing them in um, debates and stuff. So um, where it comes to this. So when we get to, <laughs> I don't want to skip over the timeline too much, but um, when it comes to um, free grace, what happened was, um, so there was a guy that came into a chapter that me and my friend were teaching. We were teaching a apologetics. Um, we were teaching apologetics courses at a reasonable faith meeting mm -hmm. underneath William Lane Craig. And a guy came in and he started asking us a lot of weird questions. Um, he started asking us a lot of questions about like faith and works and how these things go together. And he asked if like, he kept asking, like if somebody um, believed it or lived a life like Hitler, but believed in Jesus, would they go to heaven? And of course that was like, 
you get thrown off when you hear a question like that. You're just oh, like, yeah. well, of course not. Instinctually, you say no, right? You know. And then he said that um, he said that that's true. Christians can't live like Hitler and be saved. And then he started asking questions about where the line was. And he's like, so what kind of sins can Christians do and still be saved? And what right. kind would they not? And that really threw me off because I was like, well, I don't really know. I wasn't able to answer it. And then so this pushed me really into starting to think more about the gospel. And he would, his point though, he was a church of Christ. And he said there was like these five internal things you have to do and these five external things you have to do in order to really truly be a Christian. Mm -hmm. And so he was trying to get us all to go there, right? That was his purpose. Um, but me and the other chapter director, we, we started kind of going through because we didn't really know how to answer. So we really started going through like the gospel. And I was like, I don't really know the answer to this. So what I did is I went through the entire New Testament um, multiple times. The first time I did, I write down a W next to everything that sounded like works and mm -hmm. an S by everything that sounded like salvation. Mm -hmm. And so I went through that and um, I realized that if I didn't assume that view into the text that Christians can't behave a certain way or um, um, salvation necessarily leads to works in, 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 in a strict sense, if I didn't assume that into the verses, I found that it wasn't there. And so most of the scriptures automatically cleared up just from reading the context. But um, I got stuck on First John. I couldn't understand what First John was saying. Yeah. And so I Googled it to try to understand more context, find more commentaries. And then I stumbled upon your website. And so I stumbled upon your website, started reading First John. Then I started reading tons of your other articles. And I was like, finally, there is somebody that um, that holds a view that seems to be similar to what I seem to be discovering in the scriptures, but I couldn't articulate. You know, and so once I came across that, like I didn't even know what free grace was. I didn't know it was a thing. Um, but my friend had a view that seemed to be more free grace. He was way more free grace. Um, but I couldn't I did. He didn't even know where he got it initially. But then he remembered. He said he heard Bob Wilkins talking years ago and it was only view that made sense on this panel of views on uh, different views. And so but we didn't know what free grace really was at that point, too. But then after that, then I was like, OK, there's a home for this, at least. So I'm not crazy. Not the <laughs> only one who believes. So, yeah, so that's how I came to the free grace theology. Well, that's very interesting. That's that's good. And it's always better to have a considered studied opinion than it is a, an adopted opinion. And, that's right. Uh, yeah. Study something out for yourself and be convinced like that uh, yeah. makes, makes a big difference in our passion about what we're what we discover. So, well, that's good to hear. So how how's that made a difference in your life and ministry? Oh, yeah. So it's it's changed everything. I mean. This is what's so counterintuitive about it is because people think that if you adopt a position like free grace, you're just going to turn into a heathen. I mean, that's just what everybody says. You just want to license the sin. You just want to send it up. But really, like all of these strongholds that I had, these things that I could not shake, they all started to fall off as soon as I, I mean, as the more that I internalized the gospel of grace, like it's, it's so counterintuitive. Like I'm not even sure how it actually works. <laughs> you know what I mean? In that sense. Yeah. But, um, it might be because the shame's released and then it gives you the ability to be able to think more clearly about your choices and decisions and what you really want. But for me, it opened up a whole new world. And this is where I grew. I started falling in love with scripture. Um, I was really in apologetics, but I wasn't necessarily in love with um, theology or anything like that. Sort of falling in love with theology, sort of reading everything I could find, loving to read the Bible, turning to my favorite book to read. You know what I mean? And then, cause I'm like, man, this is all opening up a new door now because at first I was reading with, thinking everything was just telling me that you're bad, you're too bad to actually be saved. And now I'm understanding what the message is. And it is now I understand what it means to be free. You know, that's the point I hit. I said, now I understand what it means to have freedom in Christ, because at first I did not understand it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, counterintuitive is a good word because 
that's the greatest, uh, I think, aspersion cast toward free grace folks is that you're just talking about a license to sin. And no, it's yeah. it's when we discover the freedom and the love of God through his grace, we fall in love with him. <laughs> and uh, yes. you don't want to hurt the ones that you love. You want to please them. And so we begin to change our lives. And grace changes Absolutely. us. Grace trains us, as uh, Tim- Titus chapter two says. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so that now, when did you actually become involved in uh, sharing this? Not that message, but just you became involved in sharing uh, on your YouTube channel. We're going to talk about that because it's a great ministry. Uh, tell us how that evolved out of your your experience. Yeah. Um, so. Um... So initially, so what kind of happened was this. So I lost my hearing in my um, mid-20s. And so the doctors didn't know what caused it. um, And they still don't. There's a lot about hearing loss we don't know. So I lost most of my hearing. I had 10% left hearing in one ear and 15% left in the other ear. And so I knew my hearing was getting bad because I couldn't make out what people were saying a lot. But I didn't want to have to wear hearing aids. I'm like, I'm too young for hearing aids. I don't want to wear hearing aids, you know, and get a get a... um, have a, I'd have a hard time getting a girlfriend, let alone a wife. That's what I was thinking back then, right? So I was like, I got to get a wife first, <laughs> then I can get some hearing aids. No, but um, there are some um, husbands. I'm glad they can't hear their wives, but we'll not, no, not go into that. <laughs> I shouldn't say. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so um, basically, I went to the doctor and they said they didn't know what caused my hearing loss. It was too shot. It wasn't loud music, which I thought it was because I was playing music at that time. Um, so they said that I'd have to get a cochlear implant. And I didn't know what a cochlear implant is, but um, basically what it is, is they, um, you have to get a surgery or you have to have surgery in order to get um, an internal component installed in your head. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's like a chip with a magnet um, and there's electrodes on there to try to stimulate hearing. And then you have an external component, which is like um, just kind of, it looks kind of like a hearing aid with a cord, uh, cable and cord and it attaches to your head. And so I had to get that done. But what people don't realize is It's not like putting in contact lenses. You have to literally learn how to hear all over again. So I had about a year process, a year long of not being able to hear at all. And so like you're slowly learning is a really hard process, which I talk about on my channel if you want more details. But during that time, Mm -hmm. you did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, then, yeah. So, you know, then like, so during that time, since I wasn't able to really communicate with very many people, I was spending a lot of time on Facebook. And then I stumbled upon these atheist chat groups and stuff where they're trying to debunk God's existence. And so because I have a background in uh, at this point in apologetics and philosophy, I was like, oh, I can I can handle this. So I get in there and start debating with atheists consistently. And then um, there was a guy that was in one of those groups that he lived in Australia. And he said he was going to he's like, you should start a YouTube channel. And Mm. I was like, I don't really know about YouTube. And then he's like, I'm sending you a camera. Just give it a shot. And so I said, "Okay, Yeah. How long ago was that? What year or how that long? was that was about six years ago or so now, maybe okay. I think about six years, six, maybe seven years, about six years ago, I think. Okay. Yeah. So that's when I started my YouTube channel. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then it evolved into now I'm talking more about the gospel. But when I initially started it, it was just responding to a lot of atheist stuff, um, atheist responses. So, yeah. You also respond to a lot of current events and current, yeah. you know, kind of the current chatter and culture and so forth. Which is which is nice yeah. to hear, yeah. And it's called yeah. "What do you mean?" We'll spell that out for people in the text, and uh, they can look okay. it up. What do you mean? And uh, how how often does it drop? Do you drop one? Uh, I do. Um, 
I mean, I do uh, every week I post videos. So usually it's one or two a week um, that I'll post. Um, okay. yeah, and so what I do there is like, like you said, I talk a lot about cultural events. Um, basically my, my main kind of purpose with the channel is trying to reach culture with the gospel message. Mm -hmm. Um, so the gospel again is I'm passionate about it, you know, and so it's something that I want to give the culture. So I try to create these bridges for culture to be, to be able to understand the gospel message. Yeah. I, I've noticed that. And how do you research, how do you choose and research your topics? Um, yeah, so I every morning I, I try to see what's trending, what people are talking about. So I go to a lot of different sites, go to Twitter, um, go to Google Trends, go to um, just different articles, seeing what people are talking about. And then I look for um, connections that I can tie in between kind of like these axiomatic assumptions or beliefs and culture, and then how I can tie that with the gospel message. So I'm just looking for these opportunities to be able to like share the gospel in any way possible. You know, That's so. great. That's great. Um, and you get, you have how many followers? Um, I think I'm just shy of 300. I'm a few, I, I, few subscribers away. I'll probably hit 300 tonight. Yeah. That's 300. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So that message is going yeah. out and, and some of your just talks and discussions or well, not discussions so much as talks. Um, it's usually a monologue, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Usually I'll just, yeah. Cause I, yeah. And they're, and they're kind of brief too. So people can easily easily uh, access them during the day uh some of them are about the gospel itself and i know that you also um debate sometimes get involved in these debates and uh so are you encouraged by the responses is it discouraging to see the things that are going on in culture and theology or are you encouraged by it yeah that's a great question um to be honest yeah it's it's more discouraging than encouraging a lot but like anything else, like there's times when, you know, you do get more encouragement when you get those emails and people saying how it's changed their life, that sort of thing is more encouraging. But definitely you get a lot more um, because there's so much confusion around the gospel um, mm -hmm. message. Um, there's, it's Everybody naturally kind of projects their own views and, you know, arbitrary rules and stuff into the gospel in some way. Um, and everybody has fuzzy categories or they're saying like in some way you have to be trying. There's all these conditions people add to the gospel and it really like makes the message really confusing. And so trying to sift through that, like when you see that stuff over and over, even like a lot of my friends, I'm friends with a lot of the Christian YouTubers and we talk offline all the time mm. about the message too, but it does get discouraging when um, it seems like, you know, um, our, I think our natural tendency is just to be bent on works in some way, you know, in some way, you know, people will put them into the gospel message. Yeah. I call it, um, um, I forget what I call it. <laughs> it's, it's because man <laughs> has pride and, and works appeal yes. to our pride. Man has a, man has a natural aversion to grace. One of my grace notes. Says, Absolutely. But yeah, it's built yep. into our DNA. It's so, yes. And and the the sad part of it is that many of those people are are believers uh, somehow yeah. they're believers but they just get messed up in their yeah. theology and their views and then that's yeah changes their gospel message so you you ought to be encouraged by the fact that you got three hundred thousand people listening to you when you talk about the gospel that's great yeah yeah that that is the encouraging part because when I first started talking about the gospel message I was honestly like worried I thought this was going to be the end of my channel. 
I was like, man, as soon as I started giving out just the free grace, I was like, it's the end of my channel. But actually, the, so what I kind of did, though, was focus on more giving people the implications of free grace rather than just trying to just give just the message, you know, just trying to show how this changes your life and trying to find overlaps with that with culture. And so because of that, I think it's been a little smoother of a transition a little bit. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's 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 been there's been some times where I thought it was going to be really bad, but people were more receptive to it than I thought initially. So. That's great. But you still get a lot of pushback from folks too, from different yeah. views. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a steady stream of that. It's just, it's always going to be there. And people doing videos against you constantly saying you're a heretic, you know, you got the Torah holders and the um, hmm. Arminians, the Lordship, you know, the Calvinists, like all of them have done videos against me and they, and they will forever. But I've, I've grown, I've grown content with that though. I just know that's just part of the process. So it doesn't bother me as much because I know, I also understand how hard it is to accept the gospel of grace and how long it took me to actually work through all this too. So that's why I'm not too, too thrown off or bothered by it in that sense. That's a good attitude because we have to have patience with, with folks. Of course, they would say that we just don't know the Bible. We're not, we haven't studied enough. Yeah. So they will be as smart as they will and the Bible change our views. But Oh uh, yeah. That's what I get that comment. Uh, I mean, that's whenever I see people saying that they're like, John has some studying to do. You need, whenever people disagree with me, you know, I'll see those. Like he he doesn't know the scriptures. I'm like, this is all I do on my weekends. All my free time is what like my obsession. <laughs> you know, so I was like, so people don't really realize all the work that we actually do to like think through a lot of these passages, you know. So right. and I think that they don't realize how ingrained their tradition and religious views are due to their upbringing, perhaps, or religious influences or with schools they went to. And uh, it's hard to break away from from those views, especially when you respect the teachers and some are good churches and good, good, good schools and so forth. Um, what do you envision for the future with your YouTube ministry? Yeah, um, I'm hoping to branch into doing more straight teaching at um, some point and working through a lot of these passages for people. I've just been contemplating how I want to do it. I likely am leaning towards a separate channel where I can have these kind of quick responses more to specific verses because on my channel, I don't like do any like detailed exegesis or anything like that um, because it's more of, you know, kind of given the, it's more culture focused rather right. than trying to fix Christian's theology, you know? So, but I, I mean, again, like that's my passion. So that's what I plan to do. Um, I just have to make some more time somehow. <laughs> if God gives me more time, I'll, I'll let me know how, how you do that. And I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, any other projects besides your YouTube uh, ministry? Um, no, that's the main things I'm kind of focused on right now. Um, also in the future, like I am working um, behind the scenes with um, another guy We're we're working on doing a documentary together right now. Um, so, so that's something we're doing, but we haven't really um, talked much about it publicly yet. We're kind of waiting until we get everything, you know, kind of, solidified first um so we're in the we're in the um infant stages of that but um that's probably next on on my near future list is going to be to get that documentary done so okay well i won't even ask you what it's about because it sounds like it's still in seminal form and you don't want to disclose it so sounds that, good though. that's we'll right keep, yeah i'm sure you'll announce <laughs> that on your channel and we'll we'll look for it um yeah so it's been uh it's it's been good to hear your story and to know that uh that grace brought you the relief that you were looking for, not not just a belief in God, but the freedom that you were looking for from legalism and doubts, freedom from doubts, which is seems like we always end up our grace stories talking about how people go from from doubt to uh, security and assurance. Yeah, but that's what grace does. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah, and it, it gives you the, absolutely yeah because 
it, it helps you focus now on like, what are the things that you need to do in the world rather than just continue to focus on if you're saved or not, you know, you can move on now and start, you can make a choice to say, okay, now I can start serving God for the right reasons, not out of some sort of fear or, you know, that I'm or trying to prove to myself that I'm actually a real Christian or something like that. Instead, now you're doing it for the right reasons because you want to love and serve God and others, you know? And so it's really like been extremely changing in my life. And like my wife would attest to it, my best friends, because um, it, it just is like opened up a whole new kind of way of looking at life. And I, I've never read C.S. Lewis's book, Surprised by Joy, even though I have it on my bookshelf. Mm -hmm. But that's how I felt. I was surprised by joy. I wasn't going looking for joy. I wasn't looking for freedom. Like I wasn't aware of any of those, but I was surprised by just how much joy comes from understanding the grace message, the freedom that comes with it. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm thankful that God has allowed me to be able to experience him more and the intimacy with him because, you know, I, I could understand his grace more. So. Uh -huh. It's been a blessing. I'm just curious, did your wife and your friends kind of uh, go through this journey with you or your influence on them, or did they come along later or how did that work out in timeline? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. So um, yeah, my wife, um, was, so I was talking with her a lot throughout this process and also my best friend, like I said, and my best friend arrived at it. He, he was there faster than I was because he already kind of had a view that was really similar to it. So he accepted it first. And then we started going through the scriptures together and stuff, trying to make sense of them. And so there was a longer process there. But um, even um, one of my other friends who I emailed you about, um, who I was talking with a lot, I emailed you about him. Um, gosh, what, what, when was that? A couple of years ago? Seems Probably like about two years ago. So. Yeah. yeah. A couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, and me and him went through the scriptures the same way, going through a whole bunch of different scriptures, and now he's full free grace as well too. So I think like if people spend enough time, kind of really, um, I mean, this is my belief, of course, um, because because I ended up there. But I think if you really spend enough time trying to have a consistent, systematic theology, looking at the scriptures in their context, and trying not to read your theology into the text, I do think that you arrive at just the simple gospel message. Mm -hmm. It's just very simple. You know, it's hard to believe. Um, because it's so counterintuitive, but it's a simple message. And I think that's what scriptures just attest to. So that's my view with my friends that I've had enough time to actually do this with. They, they, they've all, I mean, there's four of them I can think of now who are all now free grace, Amen. but the other ones who I just like complain to every now and then, whenever they do a video that I disagree with, I'll call them. <laughs> they, they haven't moved as much yet, but I think it's because we haven't spent enough time going through the scriptures. So I think it just takes a long time of just going through and challenging your assumptions to end up there. Well, they must be good friends. Which, if you complain about their videos, they're still friends. But I, you have a very <laughs> ironic uh, attitude and tone to you, so that's great. But uh, yeah, I always, I always say it this way: don't let your theology push you; let the scriptures lead you. And that's what you did, and you're a good, great example of that for everybody. So, if anybody's listening, um, go to the scriptures. Don't just take your theology and in your preachers uh, for granted, because there's a lot of different views out there. Well, John, That's right. it's been a delight to talk to you again. It's always great to talk with you. I, I enjoy the conversation and the time, and uh, I'm sure that uh, people will enjoy hearing about your story. Yeah, same, Charlie. Thanks. It's good to always get to hear from you, and I appreciate what you're doing. I'm very thankful for your ministry. It was really huge in my walk and my growth, so really appreciate you and all your work. And I loved your book. Um, the discipleship book, um, that, that book, um, Grace Salvation. what's the full title? There it is. Grace black Salvation and Discipleship. I call it the black and white book, Grace Salvation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. That book though was very monumental in, in my thinking too, and helping me with, you know, different passages that I was stuck on. So I appreciate it. I recommend it and really thankful for you and your work as well.
Well, thank you. Appreciate what you're doing. That's really great. And uh, you're reaching a lot of people. So thanks, John, for being with us today. You're welcome. Thank you. So I wonder where you are on your spiritual journey as you listen to John's story. Have you discovered what grace is really all about? Are you still trapped in a system of legalism where you think you have to perform, do good works, live up to a certain standard, man-made rules in order to be accepted by God? Or have you come to the understanding that God loves us unconditionally and uh, and his grace is greater than all of our sin? And in fact, he'll save us in spite of our sin. He'll keep us saved in spite of our sin. And uh, that's a freedom and an assurance that we can count on and live in. So if you've enjoyed the story from John today, look at his YouTube ch channel, What Do You Mean? We'll put that information in the text of uh, the podcast and leave us a comment, a rating, and uh, and check him out. He's uh, He's uh, got a great ministry. So thanks for listening. Until all here. Thank you for listening. For more resources or to help spread the message of God's life-changing grace, visit our website at gracelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at simplybygrace at gracelife.org. See you next time.